Hey guys, this is episode number five of the Working 218 podcast, and I am your host, The Real Craig J. And this week I am joined by Amanda of Erickson's Greenhouse. Welcome, Amanda. Thank you, Craig, for having me. I'm I'm honored to have you here because as a business owner, a person who runs your own shop, uh, I know how valuable your time is, so I appreciate you coming to spend it with me. Well, thank you. Especially because this is a brand new podcast that nobody's probably listened to as of this point. And uh there's some technical difficulties and a bit of a learning curve, and we've already gotten to struggle with it. Yeah, it's only been, what, half an hour already? <laughs> oh, no, 40 minutes we've been at. 40 minutes, and, and we're 41 seconds in. This could be a long day. No, it won't be. So anyways, um, quick, I'll tell you the mission of the podcast, and then uh, we'll get to chat because we just want people to get to know Amanda. So the mission of the podcast is simple. Working 218 is out to connect entrepreneurs through a collection of their stories, learning what passions have landed and or kept them here to live their dream of owning and operating their businesses in northern Minnesota. Sounds right? good. Makes sense? Makes sense. So we know each other through our every other Thursday networking group called the Brainerd Area Networking Group. Also known as Bang. Bang. She bang. I go to bang on Thursday. <laughs> so every other Thursday when it works out for both of us, we get to see each other there. And uh, I don't think we screw off more than everybody else, but no. it's close. Yeah, pretty close. Depends on who else is there. <laughs> so this networking group, group thing, if you guys don't know what that is, if you're starting out a business, search these out. They are uh, a group where we all get together. We all get to know each other on a personal level. And we refer business back and forth. That's the whole idea of a networking group, right? Yep. Has it been good for you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've been in Bang for eight over just over eight years, I think. And I've gotten quite a bit of business out of there and got to know a lot of people here in the area. And you get to know who you're referring businesses to. So you know that you trust the person and the work that they do when you send your current customers from your business over to them. So let's use that as a lesson right away, because what we're trying to do with this podcast is help people who are starting out in business. Hopefully they can learn some lessons by listening, and uh, we'll have people that have been in business for a long time with more lessons to share, and we'll probably pick up a lesson or two from you today. So that would be the first lesson. you got to get out and network. People don't know you're there if you don't tell them. Yeah, it's very valuable. <laughs> <laughs> so Erickson's Greenhouse, I have seen this place. Um, for years. I mean, it's been around forever. 1883. 18? Like 18, 18, 18, 18, So I always joke about how I was born back in the 1900s. Uh, that's way ahead of me is the 1800s. So we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. The first thing I want to do is get to know Amanda. So give us a little bit of a history on yourself. Tell us who is Amanda. Let's see. So I am 29 years old, starting my last year around this time in my 20s. Um, I let's see. I lived in Colorado for a year. I have two kids. Um, been married since 2011. I love to ride anything with two wheels and be out in the sunshine. And summer is probably my favorite time of year. Um, what else do you want? That pretty much sums it up. <laughs> pretty much. So you're a motorcyclist too. I am. So before you came in, I was uh, explaining to my brother uh, who you are because you know his office is right next to mine, and uh, I was telling him who your husband is, yep. Nate. Yeah. And I said the funny thing is, the whole reason we actually probably really started communicating at a whole other level 
above and beyond the networking group was Instagram. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's crazy because I was not doing all of my own Instagram at the time. I'm still not, but I was doing very little of it. And the guy that's doing my Instagram for Wild Ass is in Portland. And I think your husband posted a picture of his bike in Colorado with the Wild Ass sticker on it. And he Brian had is cushion too. Yep, he had yeah. the cushion too. And uh, he he shoots me a message and he's like, Hey, you must know this guy. He's from Brainerd. You know, and he always gives me a hard time because we're small town and we know everybody. And I did just a little bit of research and I'm like, Oh my god, I do know this guy. Yeah. <laughs> he just started laughing. He's like, Yeah, of course you do. You know everybody there. Well, Nate uh, was gonna he was looking at one of the bikes you were selling for on uh, I think it was on like one of the garage sale sites. He's like, oh, this guy's selling this bike. I'm like, oh, who is it? He's like, Craig Johnson. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know him. <laughs> <laughs> it is definitely a small town. Yes. So uh, that's very cool. So you ride motorcycles also. I do. And I know you're an avid mountain biker. I am. Tell us about you and your husband's competition every time. Oh, Because you live right by the park, bike. right? Yeah. So we live right by uh, the Cuyuna Mountain Bike Trails. And it took me a little while longer to get into mountain biking, and I'm kind of disappointed in myself that it took me so long. And because I'm very competitive, and my husband told me, "You just, you just gotta go." And uh, he downloaded this app called Strava, and then I finally got a, a little bit nicer mountain bike. And so now, because uh, we have two kids, he can go and ride mountain bike, and then I'll go and follow his same trail, and then we sit there and compare to who beat who, and I usually can get him on the hill climbs, but he still gets me on most of the downhills. But I'm planning on changing that this year. So, but it's fun to compete and just see who's faster. Does he know what you're doing to make this change? Can we talk about that? Are you upgrading equipment? Are I, you... well, yeah, I uh, bought a, I'm in the process of buying a new bike from Muddy Bikes, and I'm getting the step-in pedals and everything and I just I'm last year I only rode for the month of September so I'm gonna have the whole summer to work on so by the end of the year I'm gonna beat them that's there it is <laughs> they're not goals unless they're vocalized and someone else hears it right oh you hear this I'm sure <laughs> everybody's hearing this <laughs> so by the end of the year mark your words she will be beating her husband on the same mountain bike routes yes I love it that's, that's <laughs> awesome Nate cool. you got your work cut out for you because guess what all of the listeners are cheering for Amanda. There's lots of trails, but I'll do them all. That's right. So you also have a pretty quick little bike that you run up at BIR, right? I do. I have a GPZ Kawasaki drag bike as well. How fast is that? Well, I ran um, a nine, nine, seven second quarter mile this last year and there's been some work done to it, so it should go a little bit quicker. What kind of it. speeds? Gosh, I don't remember. It's only like 135? One... Only. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, because I, I say that because I rode my husband's uh, ZX14, and I hit like 137 miles per hour, but I only got, um, I think I ran like a 10.7. So you would think that doing a quicker time, you'd have a quicker miles per hour, but it's so was launch. was Nate's bike with a wheelie bar? No, no, that was just out at Street Legals. 
So on a Wednesday night. That is impressive because I don't know if I could go 137 miles an hour without a wheelie bar. Oh, really? Well, maybe. I've never tried. Well, you should be able to. <laughs> so that's cool. So that's the kind of a girl you are. Um, I would not suspect you to be a bit of a green thumb then on top of that. Yeah. No, I like the like the zero to 60. Just going fast. It's fun. <laughs> that's cool. So um, kids are little. I don't like, I don't want to talk about the kids because let's keep that stuff kind of private. Um, as far as the listeners go, but I do see them when I come to the greenhouse. Yeah. I mean, my kids are pretty well known. They get picked out at the grocery store and they look for me knowing that the greenhouse, someone from the greenhouse is close by cause they recognize my kids. Um, but yeah, they're there with me every day. They go to work with me. And so they're, it's a family tradition at the greenhouse. All that my niece grew up there. So Kids are very involved. That's that's cool because that teaches them a lot of lessons as well. Oh, it does. It definitely does. They, they may not like them now, but when no, they grow they up, not. they'll get it. <laughs> so the greenhouse, you said um, 1800s. 1883. 1883. So I think that's just a really cool piece of history. So at one of our networking meetings recently, you were the presenter, and you had talked about it being the oldest retail business in Minnesota is that right as far as I can find if anyone finds the research otherwise please let me know um, but I've just done some personal research because there was um, a website posted like the oldest businesses in each state and I think it was um, uh, I think like 1887 was the oldest one they found uh, for Minnesota so we obviously predated them by a few years and uh, yeah so it's um, I think we're the third oldest business in Brainerd, Minnesota. I think the Dispatch and the, the YMCA. Oh, business. Yeah. yeah. Just for straight thinking, business, wait, not yeah. retail. We'd be the oldest retail here, but as far as businesses go in Brainerd, we're the third oldest retail or third oldest business in Brainerd. Well, that's, that's an impressive little statistic. We've seen a lot of places come and go. That little business has seen a lot of places come and go. Not you, because you're obviously. Yeah, not. yeah. 160 years old. Yeah. Um, I went through three generations in the Erickson family, and then we're technically on second generation in my family because my parents purchased it in 2002, and they handed it down to me about five years ago. That's that's very impressive. It's a it's amazing piece of history. Um, I tried to share this podcast on the Brainerd Lakes history page. Oh, yeah. They deleted it. Oh, they did? Yep. So um, that's this is exactly the reason I think it belongs on there. Yeah, is uh, there's so much history in Brainerd and in the two one eight area code in general that um, I think is amazing, and I think a lot of people will find amazing. That yeah, is a definitely. super interesting fact. So being that old, you have some pictures. Yeah, we found a few pictures, newspaper clippings, and stuff that was just kind of there when we bought the place. So let's, if anybody listening to this can find any or has any old advertisements, pictures, whatever, shoot them to me in an email um, at workin218 at gmail.com and then I'll get those to you because I'm sure that would be just awesome to have. Yeah, that. definitely. I'm always looking for more history of the greenhouse. I've sat with one of the Ericsons. Um, he was, I believe, a brother to who we bought it from, and he kind of walked through and gave me some of the history of, like, the houses, because the Erickson family built a lot of the houses around the greenhouse, too. 
um, and just kind of how it used to be set up. And I found like an old soil test kit from, I don't even know when, but there's so many antiques in there and different things. Um, cause they used to have a floral shop downtown. Um, I believe it was kind of by the jewelry store down there, but there's, yeah, there's so much history and I haven't even, I don't even, my knowledge doesn't even scratch the surface and a lot of it's hard to find too. Yeah, so that'd be great if we could get some help from anybody listening to this thing. Um, I couldn't amaze, so you talk about all the houses and stuff around there. In all the years I've driven by, you know, it's on 13th Street yep. South. Um, how far south of Oak? Two well, blocks? Well, it's off 13th and Portland, so I believe that'd be oh, four be blocks. Okay. One, two, three. I was three or four. Yeah, so on 13th Street, I drive by and it's always, I think, just I, I remember two or three. Two, I think, is what Bob's, I remember. No, three or four. The tents. Oh, oh, that you can my see boots, from the yeah. Road. yeah. I have two. There's three. I have the two main ones. It become like a gutter connect on 13th Street, and then I have one that's not connected on 13th Street as well. Um, we make our wreaths out of that one during the winter and stuff. And then I have two on the back side, and then I have two more across the alley. Right, and that's what I was getting at when I drive by. I saw just the two or three on 13th. But when I stopped by, I mean, I stopped by there in, in years past, um, which actually I have to, I made a note. We got to talk about that too. Um, I can't believe how big that is and yeah. how many other little greenhouses there are that you can't even see from 13th. So and then we do have one down at the farm too that we do our planting at to, for like our second rounds on my parents' farm south of town. So you have a lot of area that you guys grow in, in yeah. all these little, what I think are three by three inch <laughs> little trays of yeah. things. Yeah, oh yeah, all our little four inch square pots and our little four packs and yeah. Um, so this winter you took a little bit of a hit because we were, are we, we were eighth snowiest winter, but I think that probably climbed after these last couple storms. Well, and a lot of our winters you get snow and then it warms up and it melts. And then you'll get some more snow and then it will melt. But this year, none of it melted. None of it melted and it no. kept stacking up. So yeah. you had a bit of a mishap. Tell yeah. us about that. Um, our greenhouse that we just recently remodeled last year, like a year ago, I think we just finished it the 1st of March last year. Um, New Year's Eve, it got a little too much snow. Basically, the both houses of snow piled down on the gutter and then it collapsed. So we've been working on remodeling that. We almost have it done. We're hoping to have plastic on shortly. And then, yeah, it was. It seems like whenever we chat, you, you're going to get plastic on, and then we get hammered with another snowstorm yeah, all winter. Yeah, because we got to dig it out every time. So it's <laughs> like we're like, finally, let's get some stuff done. And then you're trudging through snow trying to put up. We had to put all, like, the hoops back up, and you're, like, holding these giant heavy hoops and falling down into two feet of snow. It's just, it's. It's been fun. <laughs> There's always a bright side. At least you're not falling onto the concrete. Well, it's been a learning experience. You know, I have to reformulate my whole plan for how to do everything. So it's definitely going to be a challenging year, but I'm excited. So the learning experiences have begun. So we're going to talk about those in just a second. Anytime you do anything free, you have to record these ads and play them for people. Um, one of them is my own until we get others. But uh, So we're going to pay some bills here quick, and then we will be right back with episode number five, Amanda from Erickson's Greenhouse. Wild Ass Seats. Wild Ass Seat Cushions. Check them out at wild-ass.com. Anywhere you sit, you get those two painful pressure points. 
let wild ass take those away. You will literally be sitting on a cushion of air as comfortable as can be on anything. I've used mine on my horse saddle, use it on the motorcycle all the time, traveling across country in the vehicle. I'm even sitting on one on my office chair. So anywhere you sit, Wild Ass can make that seat more comfortable. Check them out, wild-ass.com. You can follow them on Instagram, at The Real Wild Ass, or even on Facebook under Wild Ass Motorcycle Air Cushion. Not just a motorcycle seat, a Wild Ass seat is for anywhere you decide to sit. You've always heard the phrase, there's an ass for every seat. We like to say, we have a seat for every ass. Welcome back. This is episode number five of the Working 2 and 8 podcast, and I am sitting here with Amanda from Erickson's Greenhouse, and we seem to have the bugs worked out, and we're, we're clicking right along now, right? Yeah. <laughs> so right before the break, you talked about uh, the lessons learned because you had, uh, well, you didn't really talk about the lessons, but you had the roof co collapse yeah. cave in on you this early this winter. Um, so... That's some of the stuff we want to talk about is lessons learned and how people starting their own businesses, whether it be, a, you know, like a hobby jewelry shop out of your garage or um, a greenhouse in Baudette or, you know, anything, you know, guy wants to start selling motorcycle parts in Bagley. Yeah. You know, so what lesson can you say you learned from that roof caving in? Because that definitely put a big skid well, it, what you're doing. yeah, it definitely does. Um, as far as like lessons, I mean, they're kind of specific to the greenhouse. So just as far as when I'm going to plant certain things and how I'm going to shuffle them, what greenhouses I turn on. So it's, it's a huge shuffle game because we have to decide when we're going to turn the greenhouse on. Cause the day you turn it on and the day you put a plant in there, you can't shut that greenhouse back off. I have to run the heat. So if we still get hit with negative 20 degree nights, I am running in another entire greenhouse and paying for the furnace to run. And uh, so once we turn it on, I have to be ready to go to fill it. So we're, instead of turning on the one that collapsed, I'm doing a different one and just trying to figure out how we're going to get, going to get everything planted in time for Mother's Day, which is a month and a half away. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny because you, you kind of, I don't think you realize how much you're actually learning and how much people can get from this. Um, you talk about what you talked about, how when, to, when you need to turn it on, how you need to pay attention. The big thing is you need to yeah. pay attention to what the weather's going to do, where you're at for your inventory, and you need a lot of planning skills. Yeah, it's a huge formulation of just trying to, yeah, I guess I don't really think about it. And yeah. just, it's something that like every year I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this differently next year. And I got my little notebook with all my dates and like, okay, well, we had this greenhouse on by this date, and that was perfect. So our goal is to have it on at that day again. Last year, we pretty much did everything perfect. So I just have kept that notebook and threw away the last three and just have gone off of that and just add little tweaks here and there, but and then trying to reformulate this year as close to that year as I can. So there's a huge lesson there that I think you already know it, so you just take it for granted because you've gotten so good at it. Oh, thank um, you. But... And that's one of those things. I mean, when you get here, you keep track of what you've done in the past. you got to mm -hmm. keep track of your history. Um, it's got to be super temper temperamental for you with weather. Oh, definitely. Like having to have snow on the ground, soil still frozen. I have benches I need to haul in that are still under two feet of snow. So when I leave here, I'm going to go put my boots and my 
bibs on and go dig all those out. So hopefully with the 50 degrees, they're going to dry out a little bit so they weigh a little less and I can actually haul them in. Yeah. So keeping a history would be something if, if a yeah. guy's... Pay attention every year. Yeah. Pay attention. Take notes. Pay attention notes. to your numbers. When you got here, that's what I was doing was printing the history. We're setting up to go to another show this weekend and I know exactly what I sold, how much I sold. I know how much, you know, I have nine different parts. You know, mm -hmm. you probably have, if you look at it that way, 10,000 different Yeah, things. your numbers are probably a little yeah. bit more simple so, than mine. And somebody starting a business, this is all something they can keep track of. Is, well, yeah, because you, know. you don't, you have to know your cost of expenses and how much you're selling so that the next year, yeah, you might have sold more, but you might have also spent another 10 grand getting there. Right. So just because you overall brought in more money, it doesn't mean your profit's any better. Right. And all of that you can learn in the notes that you take and the notes that you keep yep. and just keep going back and looking at them. Yep. So you go from the history right to the planning. I mean, everything has to happen real seamlessly when you're doing this on your own. Um, you mentioned Mother's Day. Yeah. So how far in advance are you thinking of Mother's Day? Um, I start thinking of Mother's Day usually in like November. So six months. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, because I start doing a lot. I do a lot of my own propagating in January, and then we have to start planting. Like certain things have to be in the pot eight weeks. You count eight weeks back from when you want it to sell, and a lot of stuff like hanging baskets usually go Mother's Day. Um, my perennials and stuff is more Memorial Week, but the last few years we have had nicer weather earlier, so I've kind of tried to shift everything a few weeks earlier. Um, so like hanging baskets are eight weeks. Um, my geraniums and stuff are roughly six weeks. Four packs, I have about three weeks. So I have to be having all my four packs done and planted on the bench three weeks prior to Mother's Day. And now you have to worry about thawing soil. And, th and I have to haul in, like, <laughs> I had to call, I had to call my employee that now lives next door. And at, I think it was like 8 o'clock at night, and I'm like, can you please go haul in some soil? Because we were planning on planting the next morning. They're all sitting outside frozen. And it was like one of the first days, and I realized I forgot to haul them all in. So she was pretty happy with me for that one. But yeah, you have to, every day has to be planned in advance. So... There's another lesson right there. Business owners, everybody wants to be a business owner. And, you know, the owner makes all the money. They get all the perks. They get if all the you benefits. you don't do but, it, it usually doesn't get done. And you never leave work behind. Nope. Eight o'clock at night, you're thinking of it, and that's when it hits you. And you're like, oh. I was up at three o'clock for an hour a couple nights ago trying to remember if I shut all the doors properly and unplugged everything. And I used to live next door. I moved out last September. And so that's been a huge game changer for me and my planning. I mean, I have to bring like six bags with me just to cover the kids, plus their food and all their snacks. And then trying to remember to bring everything back and forth from work. And then once I leave work, I'm used to being able to just go back and double check things. You know, like, oh, shoot, did I shut that door all the way? <laughs> no? Okay. I'll just run over and check. Now can't do that anymore. <laughs> Well, this is why I want to talk to the owners of shops or businesses, um, because these are the stories that a lot of people don't realize. And I'm happy that you're sharing this with us because now it's a 20-minute <laughs> drive to work. Yep, 20-minute drive. And you're lucky. I mean, that's, that's the way I would look at it. I would assume you look at it the same. You're lucky that you have an employee that lives right next door that, that could go do that. part of the – I talked with her before we decided to buy a house to make sure she wanted to move in to my place. 
because I mean there's overnight checks that you have to do if a furnace goes out at three o'clock in the morning if you don't catch it you lose that whole greenhouse so um, before I moved in there we didn't have anyone and like basically we just risked it and hoped that the furnaces ran all night I do remember my dad driving in a few times um, before I was as involved to double check the furnaces and make sure they were all running overnight so that we didn't come into frozen plants. I did, I slept in a greenhouse before. At, really? Yep. Yeah. I was actually like, uh, I think I was like three months pregnant and I slept on a bag of soil because the breaker kept going on one of the greenhouses. And so I would go out there and I'd have no heat, no nothing. And I just filled the whole thing up. And what was happening is the exhaust, the heat from the furnace was triggering the exhaust fan and kicking that on and blowing the breaker. And I couldn't figure out why I kept shutting off. So I'd flip the breaker on and sit there and run. And so eventually, because once it got so hot, it would shut everything down. So I just stayed out there all night because I didn't huh, freeze everything. That, that reminds me of a business I had. We could not, so I used to have the racetrack south of town, yeah. the motocross track. We could not run the lights and the water at the same time. At the same time because the it would blow the breaker. So as you're you're telling me this, I'm like, "Wait, I I know what you're talking about." Yeah. Employees don't think of that. No, and it's a a life or death situation at the greenhouse. Yeah, so. no kidding. Yeah, where we were there cuz it was race night, we could flip the switch and get back into it. Yeah. Slept on the floor at the greenhouse. Well, that is I had a sleeping bag and some bags of soil. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, you had a sleeping bag, so that's funny. So, um, one of the things I wanted to talk about, I know you do this wreath deal yep. and I want you to explain that cause that's a fundraiser and I'm amazed at how big this thing is for you guys. It is. Um, so we started the wreath of honor project. Um, so we raise money, uh, basically year round. We'll talk about year round to put wreaths on at Fort Snelling. Um, the last two years, somehow we magically hit the same number, 840 wreaths each year. Um, but basically $10 puts a wreath down at Fort Snelling. We hand make them ourselves. Um, all of our material is fresh cut Minnesota grown. And then, um, we deliver them down there as well. My dad usually goes and helps with the ceremony and lays wreaths too. So, um, we started originally putting wreaths down at Fort Ripley, but that got covered every year. And so we decided we wanted to kind of branch off and see what we could do with Fort Snelling. I have a bunch of people that donate every year. I mean, you can donate at the greenhouse. You can, however, we have a 501c3, so we're all set up for that too. Um, and just during that time, so I usually employ a couple of wreath makers. They can come in and make some extra Christmas money. And we also make our normal, you know, wreaths and garland and everything for the greenhouse as well. Uh, while usually I have about two or three wreath makers, including myself, that primarily make the ones for Fort Snelling. We also um, have a couple people that sell wreaths, like uh, just for kicks and some other groups that will sell them to do fundraisers for themselves, and then we make wreaths for them too. So usually between Fort Snelling and just for kicks, we're well over about fifteen to 2,000 wreaths. That's a lot. It is, and that's just fundraiser type. And then we do our mixed wreaths and all our garland and deco pots and... Hearts, crosses, all that So stuff. when you do wreaths, so I just, because I, I I think I was at Fort Snelling as a school trip, and I haven't been there back, and now I feel bad. I should go check that place out again. How many headstones are there? Uh, gosh, I want to say, I did, I ran all the numbers once, but um, I think it was 3 million interments, sir. 
No kidding. I think it's up in the million. I can't remember if it's... Gosh, I... Uh, yeah, I wish I would have looked yeah, it up. Yeah, I need to go check it yeah, out. That's, that seems a like a good motorcycle ride we, yeah. that uh, we'll have to take and go check that out this summer. Um, I went to Arlington. Arlington's huge. And, and I believe I they cover amazed. Arlington with um, the other wreath, Wreaths Across America. I believe they cover it usually every year. Huh. That's amazing. So that's a fundraiser that you guys do. Um, we talked about Mother's Day, so this can be a reminder because when this airs, will be April 19th. Oh, perfect. That's so, a few um, weeks prior. Yep, a few weeks, a little bit ahead of Mother's Day. So if you're listening to this, here's your reminder. Speaking of reminders, Valentine's Day every year. I think it was probably three or four years ago because I, of... I think it's at least four years ago now. Yeah, because of the networking group, you talked about Valentine's Day. And I went, oh, perfect. And I I had you take care of that for me. Yep, we did. Dozen so, Roses, you dropped <laughs> off a card, and yep. I delivered it for you. So, yep, I dropped it off. I dropped the card off to you. You took it from yeah, there. Yeah, and you dropped and the card I off super like early. I had to hang on to that thing for like two weeks <laughs> and keep it clean and keep it away from my children. <laughs> the level of customer service there is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I got a single muddy fingerprint on the whole thing. That's awesome. So... You you did that that first year, yeah. okay? The second year, um, I don't know if if there were like scheduling conflicts when it's each other, or whatever. But I got a phone call from you saying, "Hey, uh, Valentine's Day coming. You want to do that again?" Which I think is really cool. And some people would maybe think of that as a nuisance, but there's a lesson there in that that I'm getting to eventually if I quit tripping over my words. But it became an annual thing. You would just call me and say, hey, are we doing that again? And I'd be like, hell yeah, we're doing it again, Yeah, which is great. So do you do that for others? Do you do that often? Yeah, I have my whole list. Um, I just usually start uh, last, weekend of uh, yeah, last weekend of January. I just go down the list and say, hey, you in? Usually I don't even say what or why just because I don't know where they're at. And then just say, yeah, sure. Like same as last year. Yep. Okay. See you then. So the lesson I want people to hear in that, I mean, how many no's do you get? Um, the only time I get a no usually is if they're going to be like out of town. Okay. You know, like they planned a trip this time or something, mm -hmm. or their significant other is going to be out of town. Um, unfortunately, I most of my customers, okay, so fortunately I've kept all my customers over the past, since I've started, I think it's been eight years now, um, and usually the only time I've lost any is either passed away or uh, I think I'm only like one ended in divorce, but most of sure. the time it's just people break up that happens. But yep. so the lesson there is if people it's, it's not annoying to me to get that call. It's super helpful. Yeah. I absolutely love it because like you said, I was gone. I was gone for a long time. I travel for work. So I forget it's I mean, one of those it, things you calendar. know is coming, but then all of a sudden it's Valentine's Day and you're like, wait. Right. So now I know that I have you to remind me of Valentine's Day, which is great because she gets her stuff at work in front of all of her coworkers. Yep. I'm like the greatest guy in that office. <laughs> well, and I have a few that I have to call and remind them that day to come pick it up. So I deliver and then I also do reminder calls the day of. So... I don't even know if there's a delivery fee, but if there is, people pay it. It's worth it. It's only $5. <laughs> so I think that's great. And uh, I know this year 
um, we had the snow collapse and yeah. because you didn't want a substandard product. Yeah, so we, I just canceled. Unfortunately, this year was a really hard decision to make, but with the greenhouse being open, I just couldn't control my temps as well as I was hoping to, and I was just didn't want to risk it. Yeah, but the call was very welcomed because it was a reminder. Like, hey, I can't take care of this year, but, um, you know, Valentine's Day is still yeah. coming. Like, oh, crap. <laughs> I gave you a pretty what hard time, too. did you do? Too. Did you end up uh, I don't remember. Oh, okay. I did. I got her a card for you sure. <laughs> yeah, I got her a card for sure, but I don't know what I did. So, I, I was gone. Good thing That's what it was. Good thing this isn't a call-in thing, because she'd be calling and be like, you <laughs> still haven't done resonant, anything. Right. No, I was in Kentucky. Oh, you were. So, I missed not only our uh, anniversary of engagement, but... Valentine's Day on the same trip. So good job. Yeah. Scoring huge points with so my lady there. Next year is going to be two dozen. Yeah. Next year. Well, don't put me on the spot now. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we can't talk about that here. She will listen to these shows. So, um, so yeah, Moving on. be a salesperson, make yourself successful, do what you need to do to get a hold of people that you know are already going to buy. And sometimes they're going to say no, but they're certainly not going to say yes. If you don't ask them to. Very true. Um, that would be, that would lead me right into what I wanted to ask you too, is how do you market for a greenhouse? Cause I just, it's not in my wheelhouse at all. So I'm really curious of how you would go about that. So that's something I wanted to ask you just to kind of find out. Occasionally I'll do some stuff on the radio for, uh, like Mother's Day. It's kind of hard because you have to specify certain times. Like you don't just play an ad year round. Um, so I usually do some for Mother's Day and then we usually do a push for Christmas. Otherwise, honestly, I have been relying a lot on Facebook. I get so many shares from people. I do like little, you know, competitions, share this and win this or something. And I've gained a lot of followers, huge following on Facebook. Well, okay, 800 something. I consider that huge from where I started. Um... But Facebook and like reviews and stuff on Google, like that's huge, especially being a smaller business with limited times of income. Like it, our main income times is spring and Christmas. So it's kind of hard to budget a lot for advertising. So all the free stuff like Facebook and everything is huge. Um, I also do some little things in like the Catholic churches and stuff like that. But otherwise marketing and everything, we don't do a ton because we've relied for so long on word of mouth. That's that's really cool. That speaks a lot to the quality of the stuff and the service and everything else. So that when you were talking there, I had to write this down because I remembered something else you've been trying to start or you've done one or two of. Oh, my succulents? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so talk about that. So I started telling Renee about this and I'm like, yeah, she was super excited about it. It was really cool. I mean, even I was excited about yeah. it. But then I'm like, yeah, I don't even know what it is. So, um, but I... I think there was some interest there. Yeah, so um, I have in the greenhouse, I think we're close to 150 now different varieties of succulents. Uh, we have one of the largest selections, and I believe we're one of the only greenhouses that stays open year-round where you can go and purchase um, succulents and other plants, so um, as far as a retail greenhouse. But uh, my coworker and I started uh, Suckas for Succulents, and basically, we bring all the containers, the succulents. Uh, we can meet at a restaurant. We can meet at a house, whatever you would like. And we just bring everything, show you how to do it, and you get to take it home. We've done two classes at Sage, and I did one at the greenhouse. 
And I was just kind of looking for more, but we've had a lot of stuff happen with like the greenhouse and everything, but it's still in the back of my mind that I want to get more into it. And I'm always willing to do a class. So, so in my, <clears throat> from my memory, it'd be like a Tupperware party that, um, or, um, kind of more like that, more, that, that travel and painting, the art um, pub. Yeah, yeah, the traveling art pub. It's like traveling succulent stuff. You know, we can go wherever. So, and I can, like, uh, bridal showers, stuff like that. I have little tipped over wine bottles that I'm really excited to do a class. I just have to call Renee, I guess, and see if she wants to. There you go. <laughs> How many people do you need? So, if um, somebody wants to try something different? If it was going to be at, at a house, probably, you know, like, I could probably work with five. Okay. Up to, I mean, we'd probably be able to handle at least 20 um, we can do a bigger class. I just need a large enough heads up that I can plant and start. So I, cause I do my own, so I just have to grow them. So you have to plan ahead for that. So how long yeah. of a notice? Um, depending on how much more, but within eight weeks, I mean, I have some that grow pretty quick that I can start as fill-ins. Okay. Huh. Interesting. So if you want to plan an event two months down the road, you can do it. If it's a small one, yeah, I can do next week. Okay. So. That's awesome. So I remember you talking about that. You got really excited about it, and it actually got me excited. I love the name. So it's fun to say. <laughs> it is. Suckas for succulents. So that, uh, is there anything that I missed? Is there any, like, real struggle you've had that maybe we can help somebody through? Um, I think one of the hardest things has been with my, kind of with my family and juggling um, having my kids there. And then because springtime is kind of an all or nothing, like, I have you know, roughly eight weeks to make enough money to get us through the downtime. And then same with Christmas, it's the six week season. And so I usually work seven days a week. I work sun up to sundown and then I will sometimes work past that. And so trying to juggle that with the family can get kind of hard. That's something that I think a lot of people don't see as a struggle. They always, you know, everybody preaches, you got to have this balance of work and family and work, but you don't get it. And that's something no, I've learned. not when you own your own. No, and, and you just kind of have to make the best of what you can. You know, you got to be in the moment where you're at. And that's something I've, I've been learning um, yeah. throughout the years. And I'm really trying to pay better attention to is there is no balance. I mean, it might be 80% of your time is at work for this period. Yeah, yeah. And then for this next period, you get to spend, was it a week in Australia? Two weeks, yeah. Or two weeks. So, I yeah. mean, that's where the balance comes in is you... It's yeah, mine is more a seasonal balance. Yeah. So, like, September is usually pretty slow. You know, I can just spend a lot more time at home, a lot more time with the kids. Um, and then October, usually. Um, July, because it's so hot at the greenhouse, we'll usually close a couple extra days. Um, but then, yeah, when, during the busy season, if you're not there, you know, right. the store's not open, no one can buy any plants. So, just that's where I live during that time. Yep. So... That being said, um, I think that wraps us up. We've talked about quite a few different things. It's I've gotten to hear a lot of stuff that I think is pretty interesting, and I think it's quite impressive, really. Well, thank you. Because I just think of it, you know, it's just these, you know, tent-like plastic buildings that grow plants. Yeah, and a lot of people <laughs> think that my job is so no stress, just in there hanging out with plants. And hanging out with plants. Yeah, they never talk so back. <laughs> Beautiful flowers all the time, yep. music playing, rainbows. Rainbows and sunshine. That's right. All it is. Every day. Yep. So 
Where can the listeners of the Work in 208 podcast find you, follow you? Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Erickson's Greenhouse. Um, we are located at 1004 Southeast 13th Street, right off the corner of 13th and Portland in Southeast Brainerd. Perfect. Uh, website, any of that stuff? Uh, Instagram? Website are you on that should yet? be coming up. I am um, Erickson's Greenhouse 218 on Instagram and... Um, phone number 218-829-5213 because right now our hours kind of vary but by April when this is airing uh, I should have set hours we start opening seven days a week the week before Mother's Day so there you go all of your contact information now shared with the listeners of the work in 218 folks I would like to thank you guys for listening to the work in 218 podcast Hopefully this is all making sense and becoming fun and I'm getting the audio glitches worked out. <laughs> Some so of the, the first... next person won't have to be here three times as long as I maybe. have? Maybe. <laughs> you know, maybe. <laughs> um, the uh, the audio in the first one was really bad and it gets a little better and a little better and a little better because I learning how to run this equipment. I yeah. didn't go to school for it. I just want to do this to help people. So if you guys are enjoying this, make sure you share these episodes everywhere you possibly can. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We are working 218. There's no G. It's just W-O-R-K-I-N 218 on Instagram and Twitter. Facebook, the Workin' 218 Facebook page. If you got any questions, you want to see somebody or you want to become a part of this show, just shoot me a message, shoot me an email. I am working 218 at gmail.com. So thank you guys for listening. Um, my personal Instagram is at wildasscraig, all one word, no underlines or anything. A lot of randomness goes on there. So, Amanda, thank you for coming in. Thanks for spending the time with me. I really appreciated it, and I think our listeners have as well. well awesome. Thanks for having me.